This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Sometimes the posts get more likes if you're a little more showy, you know, with your animal or something. And that's so not necessary. You know, there's so many women out there that I follow that, you know, they are happy to just show their animal and that's it. You know, that that's that's the the issue I think with people that aren't a part of the hunting industry, when they think of a woman hunter, they might think of something a little over sexualized than it really is, right. you know? And I think that that's a very big part is you gotta take it down a notch and respect yourself with what you post. Absolutely. What you going to do? She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Oh, obsession podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Fall Obsession podcast episode driven by our friends over at Ridge Rock Hunt Company good partners with us over there and i'll talk about them at the end of the podcast in our sponsor segment i am sam with fall obsession your podcast host welcome to episode 102 excited to be on here with a special guest her second time on the podcast you guys might recognize her if you watch the watch or listen to the recent snow goose hunting podcast that we had um, but that's our very own field staffer delaney pfeiffer welcome thank you for having me on here i'm really excited to be on here today yeah, we're we're happy to have you and excited to to dive in and and talk about uh, some of the stuff we got on the agenda for today. <laughs> um, like I already mentioned, you know, you you joined us for the for the Snow Goose podcast, which I real quick want to take a moment just to encourage our listeners to go back and uh, and listen to those if they haven't already. It's a two part episode series, ninety seven and ninety eight. Uh, you joined us, I believe, for ninety. Eight, I believe it was the second yes, one. Yes, I um, did. Yeah, you were on there with the second half of the crew that went on a, a snow goose hunt. Um, 
few weeks ago. Half of the dream team. Half yep. of the dream team. Yeah, that, that Midwestern <laughs> high crew. So um, really, really awesome to hear the stories that, that came out of that staff hunt. And I know um, not to turn this into another, another podcast about that, but I know you're, you had a really awesome experience like, like everyone else out there. So just want to encourage our Absolutely. listeners to go back and hit up 97 and 98 if they have not already two, two really good episodes. So, and it's equal parts informative and funny. Yes, absolutely. You will feel <laughs> like you're back in hunting camp for many reasons, for sure. So, <laughs> well, uh, what I wanted to dive into you with, uh, this week, Delaney, I know we kind of been messaging back and forth as far as the, what we want to talk about here. And I kind of put a bug mm-hmm. in your ear a few weeks ago, really after the snow goose podcast for us, uh, to be able to, talk about this, but, um, wanted to talk about kind of just, I, I don't know the best way to summarize the topic, but just the huntress, if you will, yeah. um, being, yeah. being a female hunter in today's, uh, day and age. And I, I, I don't like the term industry really for, for the I hunting know. industry. When I was but... making my notes, I thought the same thing. It's such an odd word to use, but what else do you use? I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's more, I guess maybe lifestyle would even be a better, mm-hmm. uh, a yeah. better way to put it. But, you know, industry, I know we, we as fall obsession use that term a lot because, you know, we're, we're a company and a brand, um, in this industry. Um, but, yeah. but what it really boils down to and what we're made up of is men and women who live and breathe this hunting lifestyle, this outdoor lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know since you joined fall obsession, you know, we've been involved in several conversations where it's, you've brought up, you know, your, your one desire to inspire other women to get into hunting in the outdoors. Um, which, which I don't believe that there's any shortage of them on, in all honesty. And I'm sure we'll dive into that, uh, here in a little bit, but, um, anyway, that, that's the, that's kind of the, the sloppy introduction (laughs) to what we're going to get into today. What we're going to dig into. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But (laughs) the nitty gritty uh, of it. Yeah, for sure. So, the first thing, and the I think the way that um, we'll kick this off, that having been said, you know, with you you wanting to inspire uh, inspire others yourself, let's mm-hmm. start by talking about some of your inspirations, kind of as you've grown up, as you've gotten more involved in hunting in the outdoors, um, who have been the the people, the mentors, or just the um, the inspirations from from an online, from a not local perspective, if you will. Um, that have inspired you to to dive deeper into this outdoor lifestyle? Yeah. So I, um, first of all, I grew up a farmer's daughter and, you know, I was brought up, you respect the land, you respect the animals. And so my dad was always very big into hunting. Um, and then he would, he learned from his dad, my grandfather, and the stories that they tell, I mean, amazing stories where they go from Africa or Canada or South America. And as a kid, you know, you're absolutely fascinated by the story. And all I can think is when I'm older, I'm going to do that. I want that. And so, you know, being a girl, my dad never really pushed me, you know, to go hunting with him. He would, you know, say, if you want to, you can, but he would never say, I want you to come with me, you know, Um, but you're more than welcome to. And, you know, it was a little different because I have a brother as well. And he was definitely more engulfed in it when he first kind of was old enough to, I brought it up to my dad when I was young that I wanted to go with him. And 
I think that was probably the happiest I've ever seen him. <laughs> but I was, I think I was probably about six or seven when I first started going with him, with him um, in the field. And I wasn't shooting or like that, but I was just learning. And so skip forward, I grow up, I'm, you know, a part of just kind of family hunts at this point. Um, occasionally I'll go with friends and such, but you know, I'm not old enough at that point And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really know anything other than relying on dad to, you know, drag the deer in or something. So, um, yeah. So then I went to college in Ohio and that was when I was really on my own at that point because, you know, it was my first time out of the house and it hit me. Wow. I don't have anybody saying, Hey, we have this hunt coming up because, you know, I haven't made those connections. And so that's when I started to realize there is, you know, like we said, industry, you know, that isn't always the most heard of until you learn about it. And then you're obsessed, pun intended. (laughs) Um, So I have a really great friend, Julie, um, who I met at a gun show uh, when I was in college. And she travels the United States hunting and selling some of her merchandise that are hunting merchandise. And I mean, we've become an instant bond. And um, she introduced me to getting sponsorships or working for a company to promote them to promote you. And in return, you get to hunt and you get to meet new people. And I thought, why isn't everybody doing this? And then I realized there are actually a lot more people than I realized doing You realize everybody is trying to do this. Everybody (laughs) is trying to do this. Exactly. And so, you know, it's very cool nowadays when I talk to people that are really involved in hunting and fishing and just outdoor style. They are in some sort of organization that does exactly what fall obsession does but not as great as fall obsession does if that makes sense and that was so not a butt kissing statement that's truly what i what i meant to say (laughs) but yeah lots of lots of inspiration all around absolutely yeah the 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 community side of it is huge not just from you know you spoke on noticing the change from having that local community to now having to reach out farther to find that same community. And I know, like you just said, you, you you complimented the fall obsession brand as, as being, being the best. And, um, (laughs) you know, I know we've mentioned it, especially in those, those two snow goose podcasts with our crew that we had there. Um, you know, just how, how much of a family that we try to, that we try to make this team that's spread out across the entire country. And I know there's truly, truly nothing like I've ever seen before. Um, not saying that I've been a lot, a part of a lot of these, but I've never seen any that are as involved. Yeah. Nothing even close. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we, like I told Todd and, and the guys out there, guys and gals in the Midwest with you, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, we give you guys the, the tools at least to, to be able to reach out and contact each other, but then, you guys as the staff members out there, you're, you're the ones who really develop and, and mature that bond yeah. with each other and everything. And uh, yeah, it, it's awesome to see it happen because, you know, I, I don't like doing anything virtually, but to see a virtual hunting camp almost come together like that and then actually yeah. become a real hunting camp, you know, it's, it, it it's pretty cool. So um, it is, it's very cool. And I'm so thankful to be a part of it for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're definitely mm-hmm. happy to have you on board. <laughs> So this next question, um, and, and I know none of these questions have come out of the blue, you know, I'll, I'll disclose that for our listeners, you know, you, you had a heads up, uh, beforehand and everything, but, um, this next question is what does being a hunter mean to you? And that, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a big question. I know I've asked it to some people before and they're like, man, I've, 
like I've never had it put that bluntly before, Yeah. <laughs> but, um, we'll, we'll throw it at you. What does being a hunter mean to you? Yeah. So for me, um, it's always, you know, at the beginning, I didn't really quite see it as I do today. Um, as a kid, you know, I saw it as you're providing for the family, but then as I'm getting older, I realize, you know, it's, you're, you're caring for the environment, you know, it's, it's not exactly spoken about, you know, for people that don't hunt, that realize that, um, you know, I, I don't like to use the term, but we're seen as like animal killers, you know, but it's nothing like that. It's because of people like us that keep the populations under control. And then I realized, you know, that it's, it's our way of kind of giving back to the environment because someone needs to do it. And it's pretty darn fun at the same time. Yeah. Um, and you know, just the, the stories I've heard about the populations being out of control in Illinois in the past. And, you know, you cannot let these things get out of control. So I realize it's our responsibility at the same time, if we care about the environment to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I always saw it. And it really um, justifies my love for hunting and fishing because it, it helps me feel better that I am making a difference. Um, and, you know, I, like I said, it's, it's really nice to know I'm able to provide, you know, food on the table at the end of the day. Not many people have that ability. They know how to drive to their supermarket, as do I, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's a very rewarding experience to be able to go into the field, hunt, you, you know, field dress it yourself, you cut it up with your family, and then a week later, you're eating it on the grill. You know, that is nothing better than that, yeah. personally. And I think I know a lot of people would agree with me on that. And it's, and to wrap that up, it's, it's also you're making these connections because you're able to travel because of it. You know, it's a it's like a little um, cult in itself, I guess, the hunting world, you know, and because of um, my love for the outdoors, I've been able to go on these adventures that I would have never even thought about, you know, bef before I reached out to these people in college, you know, and it's taken me a whole new level of my career, you know, that I would have never expected. And I love it. Yeah. And so I feel like that kind of summarizes the question. No, absolutely. it is a big question. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, there's, there's certainly no right or wrong answer to it. I, I feel like right. everybody's answer, you know, has, has to do with, you know, putting, putting meat on the table and everything. I mean, at, at the heart of it, you know, that's, that's, that's something that we get out of it, but it, it's, you know, growing up as a kid, I, I, I can relate growing up as a kid, you know, you, you're, it's just something fun. It's something cool that you, mm -hmm. that you get to do and everything. And, oh yeah, it tastes good. And, you know, you get to understand the, the harvesting and the meat, meat side of everything. Mm -hmm. But then as you get older, you know, you learn more about the conservation side as you, as you alluded to and everything like that. And like, wow, there's a point to this. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a point to this. And then, you know, that the, the only reason that these animals still exist in the first place is because of hunters, like hunters are the biggest exactly. conservationists and, and that kind of thing. So it's really, it's really cool to, to watch that understanding grow. And then, um, you mm -hmm. know, so, so many other people can tack on, you know, the, the mental health and the, the mental therapy side of everything. And I know we've, we've had episodes in the past with guests where we've talked more specifically about that, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's good for so many things and it means so many things to so many different people. It does. So it really does. And, you know, some people that is their absolute, you know, sanctuary, you know, is the, the quietness of watching the sun come up in the field. There's nothing like it. Yeah. And anyone that disagrees, I'm sorry, but that is literally the best feeling in the world. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you, you talked about getting to experience things you wouldn't get to experience. Otherwise it's not just, you know, going to, 
going to places or seeing animals that you know are not native to your to your home mm-hmm. area or anything like that it's it's more than that it's it's getting to watch a a montana sunrise you know it's yep. getting to watch uh, a herd of snow, Missouri snow geese come flying in, you know, or exactly. a, a flock, you, excuse me, I misspoke. There, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the best way I can like really describe it is you are, it's going to sound really cheesy, but it's your one with the land. Yeah. Like you do not exist in that moment and no animals are affected by you and you get to watch them in their natural habitat. Yeah. And that is so much better than your local zoo can give you. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so this next this next question, we're kind of getting more into the the female hunter side of everything, mm-hmm. the huntress. Um, why is it important for you to inspire other women to hunt and fish? Because you, you kind of talked about your inspirations to get into this thing and to, to be a hunter and an outdoors woman. Um, and like I mentioned at the very beginning, it, it's not, I don't know that's necessarily, there's a, there's a huge shortage of females right. out there who hunt, but at the same time, it's, and, and not at the risk of sounding sexist, you know, <laughs> you, you, you see a lot of guys out there, you know, going on, yeah. the, going on the elk hunts and the backcountry hunts and, and stuff like that. Why is it important for you to inspire others? No, yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely understand how there is like a weird line of how do I make this not sound sexist? And, you know, the, the truth is, you know, it's just, it's always kind of been a, a male sport, I guess. Um, you know, one would consider it and, you know, that's fine. I'm not one to try and change that, but I think it's that much more, um, inspiring to see that women are, you know, really starting to get involved in it. And, you know, I was just talking to my dad last week and he said, wow, there was not that many female hunters when I was growing up, Yeah, you know, way, way back in the day. (laughs) Um, but you know, nowadays I have, I have a lot of um, really good girlfriends that, you know, I, you would see them walking down the street and think she's a girly girl, but it turns out she's actually in the backwoods on the weekends, you know? Um, and so I think that's just really important, you know, that, you know, be, be proud of who you are. Don't try to you know, act like you're someone you're not. And the reason I say that is because, you know, in, in junior high and high school, I tried really hard to be girly, you know, and, you know, you can't, you can't fight. If you're a tomboy, you're a tomboy. Let, let it be. And I didn't discuss hunting, farming, fishing, anything, because that wasn't cool to me. And that is now today my biggest regret, because I think I could have, you know, maybe back then inspired some of my friends to come, come with me, you know, when I go with my dad yeah. fishing or hunting, you know, and, looking back that my, my life has completely changed because everything revolves around now. What can I do for my environment? How can I spread awareness? You know, that this is what hunters do. And so I think for like women, like why it's important to like inspire is because don't, don't feel like it's a male dominated world. If it's really not, you know, there there's a stigma i think an unspoken stigma that it's kind of maybe looked down upon if there's a a woman on your hunting trip or something and i'm here to say that none of that's true i have always been welcomed any hunting trip i've been on you know and i just um if anyone's like you know any females listening are always thinking you know i would like to make a platform on instagram but you know i don't i don't want people to judge me or make fun of maybe i said the wrong thing about this animal you know or i didn't know my facts who cares? You know, the only way to 
to become someone in a world you want to become, just do it. You know, and in, on Instagram, I guarantee you, I've said so many incorrect statements so many times. And politely, people have messaged me and said, actually, that's not what that is. You know, that's, and that's okay. And so I was pleasantly surprised by how calm and welcoming the men, but everybody in the outdoor industry are. So, you know, don't be afraid to switch it up and post what you want to post, talk about what you want to talk about, you know, and it's okay to be girly and be, you know, knee deep in mud, you know, at the same time, it's okay. And I think there's definitely a stigma that, you know, if you like to hunt, then you're automatically not girly, I guess, you know, (laughs) I would like to say that is so false. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool that it's becoming a thing of beauty to be able to be, you know, kind of a bad, a, you know what, you know, at the same time. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really great that it's becoming so much bigger than it has been in the past yeah. before me and, so. and and talking about that talking about that too as far as the social media side of everything because i know i know it's one thing to talk about the i'm not going to make this about the the censorship or anything that the hunting industry mm-hmm. as a whole um it, is facing right now on social media platforms but more talking about just the the persona i guess of of different individuals mm-hmm. and this is ap- applicable to anybody it's it, it's not just you know a, a huntress on there but i i think what really what really draws people in more than anything one is it, it is quality content I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's just that's a given no matter what Huge, it seems yeah. like i mean a, a page that puts puts out better just quality of content is obviously mm-hmm. going to do better than somebody. And constant for sure. Yes. And consistency too. quality and consistency go hand in hand. But, mm-hmm. um, and then the other thing is just true, true information or, or just being your true self. It's not trying to put mm-hmm. on a, a face or, you know, a, a show or anything like that. It's just, exactly. it's just raw for lack of a better term, you know, it's just, yeah, th- this, exactly is, what this it is. is what it is. And unfortunately with some of that in hunting in the outdoors, especially when you get into the, the really, the messier post kill portions, you know, that's when social mm-hmm. media typically seems to ha- have a problem with that. But, yeah. um, so kind of have to pick and choose your battles on that one, but, but still just yeah. the, the, you know, not trying to, not trying to make it a, make it a show, you know, constantly and stuff, I think goes a long way too with just being your true self. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, um, not to dive in too deep into this, but there has been like, I have noticed personally, sometimes the posts get more likes if you're a little more showy, you know, with your animal or something. And that's so not necessary. You know, there's so many women out there that I follow that, you know, they are happy to just show their animal and that's it, you know, that that's, that's the, the issue I think with people that aren't a part of the hunting industry, when they think of a woman hunter, they might think of something a little over-sexualized than it really is, you know? And I think that is really important. You do not need to, you know, show things you don't want to, if you want to get noticed in that. And um, that's one thing that I really was very firm on when I started my platform I'm going to, I'm going to show everybody what I want to show them, which is deer, squirrels and fish, you know, anything other than that, I don't want a part of it, you know, and obviously other wildlife. But I think that that's a very big part is you gotta, 
take it down a notch and respect yourself with what you post. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, and again, not to dive too far into it, but that one or the other attracts a certain crowd. So it you does. Have, you have to pick and choose your battles on that too. So, and before you know it, all your followers are are bummed because you're only posting pictures of animals or vice versa. Yeah. So exactly. So. Yeah. So, what would you say is the best way for for other women to be able to um, set an example? Um, to others. And I know this will, this might mm-hmm. be even repetitive with some things that have already been mentioned, but, um, it, you know, whether it's somebody who is just now getting into hunting, just now getting into the social media scene, or maybe has been doing it for forever and just wants to, you know, to up the, the online content game, you know, or, or whatever totally. that might be. But, yeah. So I'm actually kind of in that boat, you know, of just, you want, you want to be bigger, you want to be more, And, you know, the best thing I can say is don't be shy. When you see someone that's really inspiring, you think, wow, I like, I like what, where they're going. I like their message. Reach out to them. Say, hey, who, what do you suggest? How are you to the level that you are? And, you know, they're, they're never going to be rude to you or they might not respond. But I mean, it's, it's really great how women want to help other women. And, and men, you know, you see a great profile, you let them know, I love your profile. You know, what do you suggest? And obviously they're going to tell you the same thing, quality and consistency and hashtags. They work wonders. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You, you, that That's what, man, that's what sucks too. And, and I know, I know I said, we're not going to dive into any of this or anything as far as the <laughs> censorship and stuff, but I mean, yeah, that, that's what sucks. You, unfortunately, in today's day and age with social media, you, you have to be able to play the game, you know, and, and that include that. Yeah, obviously the quality and consistency, but then the the hashtags, even the times of day that you that you post on certain days. I'm of the telling week, you, like, algorithms are, are crazy. There are so many algorithms that are just like, yeah, you, you, if you want to yeah. excel, you have to know how to play the game. And it's you, crazy. You do. And, you know, my sister and I, we both um, really <laughs> enjoy social media, maybe a little too much. And we kind of will text each other like, I didn't get any likes today. Did you? Yeah. What's going on with that? You know, and we were kind of learning, oh, well, this time of day's better. Um, fun fact, towards the end of the day when people are getting off work is the hottest time to be posting stuff. I am ashamed that I know this information <laughs> from experience. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things where, you can't let it rule you either. And I was guilty of that for a time where I was just so obsessed with getting over, you know, 300 likes on a post, you know, and, and then once I hit 2000 on a post, I was convinced that all mine were going to be like that. Right. But they're not, you know, they're not. And, you know, I think that's very important to remember hunting and fishing and yourself comes first before you make yourself bigger. But it does go hand in hand because I have made some of the best long, long-term friends and connections at the same time through my Instagram or Facebook, you know, oh, so yeah. it's a give and take. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> I, I would, if it weren't for, if it weren't for fall obsession, I tell everybody, I would be the first guy to turn off all of his social medias and just be, be dark. But um, yep. at the same time, and I know, I know we even talked about it a lot in the last couple weeks, episodes 101, when we were kind of doing our, 
you know, that hundred episode milestone uh, recollection as the admin team and everything. And we talked about how, you know, the, the connections and stuff that through this podcast and through fall obsession that we, that we've gotten to, to make over the years and everything. And, you know, it's social media can, it, it can be an evil for sure, especially if you let it consume you. But at the same time, yeah. if, if you use it as, as a tool, not just for your business, but just for the industry, quote unquote, that, <laughs> that you're in or, or whatever it be, you, you meet some awesome people. And especially in this yeah. hunting industry, you seems like you meet the best people and, you know, it, it turns, it goes from, you know, just being, being a, a follower of somebody or then being a follower mm-hmm. of you to, Hey, we're actually going on a hunt together. You're actually sharing a hunting camp with these folks, you know? So, yeah. And, you know, um, to kind of bring up our past conversation, you know, one of my very first inspirations to really kick up my Instagram a notch was Allie Butler. Yeah. And when, when I found out that you had her on the show, I freaked out because she has been from day one. I always am like, how is she posting about this? How does she handle this? Because whatever she's doing, I want to somehow reciprocate it into my own way because she's successful and she's respectful of herself in all of her posts. And yeah. I admire her for it. So hopefully someday, you know, we can rewatch this and I can think, wow, I, 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 I can see how I was inspired by her. So yeah. I am huge fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Well, like, yeah. I, like I've mentioned before, and we actually had a, we actually had a listener send in a, a comment for episode 100 asking to bring her back on the podcast. So we're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have to, after this, we're going to have to see what we can do. Cause this is twice now that we've, uh, that we've we brought, her, brought her back up. So we're going to have to see what we can do on that. But <laughs> yeah, Allie, if you're listening, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> loyal fan right here. Loyal fan. So loyal. <laughs> Well, is there anything else that you'd like to like to add or kind of elaborate on, build more upon as far as just um, being a huntress in, in today's world, whether whether it's, um, you know, as far as lifestyle, uh, the social media side, everything, hunting mm-hmm. tips, wh- wh- whatever you guys or anything else that you'd like to that you'd like to share? Yeah. So um, one point that I really want to make very clear is. You know, um, and you guys are, you firsthand saw this where I was shy to go on that um, snow goose hunt because I thought, I'm just not that experienced, you know. And, you know, I think as a woman too, you know, it's a little extra scary because I think I'm really going to be out of my element. And, you know, it's one of those things where you can't let that rule you because so many hunts I have almost missed out on because I thought, I don't know enough. And you cannot think that way. And so what I always do, and I recommend this for everybody, go in being humble knowing i don't know anything about this particular animal or how to hunt it so i'm going to ask questions yeah and no one will ever make fun of you for that that is the biggest power you can give yourself is being honest saying i'm I'm here to learn and i would really love to be able to tell my friends about what i learned when i get back you know and that was so awesome to be able to go on like the snow goose hunt and i can ask questions and they might looking back sound really, really dumb, but I'm glad I asked because otherwise I would have Googled it, you know, and it, you know, it's, it's really, really important that you have a sense of humility, I guess, but at the same time, know that, you know, you're worth going on these trips and these experiences, you know, and it's huge to take those risks. So I, I, I always recommend that buy that plane ticket. If there's that 
one hunt you've been putting off because you think I don't I don't think I could do it yeah you can you can do it and it's going to be a great story later on no and and I'll I'll reiterate something that we've we've talked about recently it seems like on our podcast multiple times is just like you're saying taking that taking that jump not just Mm -hmm. for uh for a hunt that you might be intimidated by because you lack knowledge or experience but um you know a lot of people having have in their mind this this preconceived notion that you know hunting out of state or hunting big game especially out of state like elk or mule deer stuff is is expensive and and granted yeah every hunt costs money but i think that people have in their mind thousands of dollars when in mm-hmm. reality a lot of hunts you can actually do for under a thousand dollars you can do in the hundreds of dollars instead um absolutely I, th- I think that and not to talk bad about social media or hunting shows or anything but i think a lot of them have you know indirectly and unintentionally put this thought in folks mind you know because you see guys or girls hunting these these big high fence bougie bougie <laughs> top of the line outfitters you know on yeah. the outdoor channel and stuff and you know it's like that's a dream hunt because i might only be able to ever afford that once in my lifetime you know as as a blue collar blue collar guy or, or other person you know that, that that's what you're thinking about but in reality there's so many and, and we have tons of resources on our website for this too but there's so many over-the-counter options or cheaper draw options that um, folks can look at across the country for all sorts of different species. And yeah. Like your, your dream hunt might not be as far away as, as you realize for a lot of folks. So I, I encourage you to exactly. definitely mm-hmm. to build on what Delaney said. I definitely encourage you guys to, to go out there and, and look into it a little bit deeper. If you have a hunt like that, that you're wanting to go on. Cause it, yeah. It and and that's where you can use, yeah. And that's where you can use social media as your tool. Yes. Um, you know, if, if, if you see, um, you know, for example, I saw some hunts that Allie Butler went on and I thought, man, that's cool. And I did some research. Yeah, they're pretty affordable. It all goes into do your research and don't be afraid to reach out, like I said, because sometimes people might be like, oh, great. Another woman on the trip. We needed one more. And I know that sounds a little crazy to go on trips with strangers, but hey, that's that's how I got into fall obsession, you know, <laughs> and obviously do it in a safe manner. But you, you will be surprised the connections you can make. And I've been invited on some amazing trips. Some didn't obviously end up coming to end. But, you know, there's 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 some really great opportunities out there. You just got to gotta ask them. You know, you're not going to be rude. Say, hey, I really like your field that you post about. Can I hunt on it sometime? You know, you never know. You, the worst they're going to say is no. Exactly. So. I was going to say just that. The worst they can tell you is no and you're in yep. the same boat you started in. So. Exactly. For sure. Well, Delaney, is there before I have our I have our closing questions that we that we ask mm-hmm. all of our our newer guests on the podcast, and and I'll mm-hmm. hit you with those before we end. But is there anything else that you'd like to talk about as far as as far as the huntress side of everything? Um, I think we pretty much got it all. I would say, but. I think, I think what I really wanted to get out there and I, as I did is, um, do not feel the need to over-sexualize yourself, um, to be someone in the industry. I think that is very, very big. And I don't think I could ever repeat that enough. Um, it's so important to be professional and to represent yourself as someone you'll be proud of years from now. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Well, I will, uh, I'll hit you with, uh, what we 
we we called them a long time back uh our rapid fire questions there's nothing rapid about these but um (laughs) we we've made a habit of asking most of our first time guests on the podcast these questions i i know you've been on an episode with us before with the whole crew on there we didn't get into that because with that crew that conversation would probably never end so i'm gonna have to never i'm gonna have to single out the the midwestern crew one by one to ask them these questions that way we don't have a a five-hour episode um, but the first question is pretty simple. What's your favorite hunting memory and tell us a little bit about it. Okay. So I don't know if this technically qualifies as hunting cause there was no actual hunting done at the end of the day, Okay, but it is, <laughs> it, um, it is my favorite story. And my dad, it's like his bonfire story to tell, you know? Um, so when I was, I was by seven or eight um my dad took me doe hunting um in i think i think this was in indiana it might have been in illinois but um we were uh we climbed up to the top of a um tree stand and it was one of those old school ones and um he let me sit on the actual seat and he sat like where the your feet would go you know and um we had like a little unit and he said he's like all right you're gonna be the lookout you know if you see one you you tell me about it and i'll I'll shoot if, if you if we think it's good enough you know as a kid, I'm like, yeah, he's counting on me. I can do this. <laughs> so, get <laughs> forward. I see one approaching from, I believe, the right side. It's a nice size doe looking back. You know, back then I didn't know that. And I'm like, there's one right there. You know? And he's like, oh, I see it. And he gets the gun ready. And he's like, should I shoot it? And I'm like, yeah. So he gets the gun ready. He clicks off safety. And I went, well, it's kind of cute. It just smiled at me. And he went, okay flicked back off and he said <laughs> let's just watch the deer <laughs> so we spent the next couple hours just quiet up in the tree stand watching them go by and as a kid i thought that was the most special thing looking back if that was my future kid i would have said you have got to be kidding me but my dad and i are very close so that's it's it's a good story to look back on because i was so innocent you know thinking look at it, it's so cute and he's thought, mm, I don't want to be that monster in her eyes today. <laughs> it, but oops. it's very it, good on his part, um, from my perspective, at least here, hearing that story, um, yeah. because it's, it's so important to, to get kids involved in hunting in the outdoors mm-hmm. and to give them a, a good taste of it, if you will. Um, exactly for for lack of a better term you know you're trying to to get a gauge on when yeah. you know kind of where their heads at with this whole hunting thing and killing an and animal and i was telling thing. him to shoot it and i probably didn't even know what that meant at the time yeah exactly but that uh, would have probably caused some serious mental scarring looking back <laughs> <laughs> but i mean he recognized that you know and so he, yeah. he took he instead of taking the shot he took the opportunity to you know turn what could have been a, a life-changing experience for you, you know, <laughs> turn that into a, uh, turn that into something that you would remember a, a, a lot more positively and stuff. And not, exactly. not saying that, you know, eventually kids have to understand, you know, yes, we are, mm-hmm. we are killing an animal and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I, two other stories that go hand in hand with that, that come to mind are, um, I, I won't, uh, I won't name names, uh, for, for this gentleman, he, he knows who he is, but, um, mm-hmm. his, his son, he, he took him hunting with him and it w- was going to let his son shoot, shoot a deer. And the kid 
kid didn't want to didn't want to shoot him and dad was kind of kind of pushing him to to pull the trigger mm-hmm. and the kid he he did not want to at all like yeah he, and he was adamant I, i'm not going to do it and his dad quickly realized the mistake that he made just pushing him to that point on you need to shoot it 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 wasn't his time and his his son to this day still enjoys going hunting but he didn't want to be the one behind the gun you know so mm-hmm. i mean it's just you know you, you have to and and i've had multiple conversations with with his dad and i consider him a friend and everything and it's you know it's uh it's just a you know it's something that he talks about and that he remembers as as a father as far as you know I, yeah it's I, learning I, for both parties yeah he says i tell other people this because you know i i I don't want other people to make, you know, this kind of mistake yeah, and stuff. For sure. and I think about my dad and everything. My dad, you know, he didn't, he didn't push me into shooting my first deer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was more on if you're ready. And, and I hunted with him for a year, just being in the stand with him. And then I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I want to do it. And later yeah, that second year, I, I, I did kill my first deer. But I remember mm-hmm. the first time he ever took me hunting, he, he shot a doe out in the field and I was pretty excited, but I'd never seen a deer field dressed or anything like that. I was six or seven. That can, that can be a lot. Yeah, I was time. six or seven at the time. My dad had had the the forethought to be like, hey, if you want to stay back at the fence, you know, me and Ken was mm-hmm. his friend. Me and Ken will go out there and we'll we'll field dress it and then we'll bring it back. And I was like, okay. I, I, did, I still really didn't understand what was going on. And I, yeah. I was, my dad, it's fun to hear my dad tell a story because he's like, we're, we're, five ten minutes in the field dressing this thing and i turned he said i left him back of the fence and i turned around he's looking over my shoulder like you know interested in everything and i, I did I, I just i got bored so i just crept up Whoa. and I, I started watching and you know it worked out for me i guess but yeah um, anyway that, that that's the long way of saying you know it's you have to be able to gauge a kid's uh kind of a kid not just their interest but their their understanding of of what you're doing and as they they mature that understanding can mature with them it's not something they have to dive into exactly and you know my future kids god willing um if they want to go hunting you know it's gonna be the same thing baby steps only what you're comfortable with yeah um because you know i think that 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 can really like you said turn how someone feels about hunting you know for the rest of their life yeah um and, you know, I mean, I, I personally know someone who once accidentally injured a deer and never found it. And I don't really care much for hunting anymore. You know, it's all about how do these experiences impact you? You know, is it is it worth that one kill? You know, yeah. um, and that's that's really big. And I think that's huge that, you know, my dad was always so very clear, like you are going to be taking this animal's life, but we will be eating it. You know, they're put on this earth for us to eat, right. you know, and that was always very clear to me. But it was it was very much a different experience once I actually saw one get shot and field dressed. Yeah. It was it was a bit of a whoa, but then it was cool. So yeah. I agree. It's it's a much a rip the bandaid off experience. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I, I will say too for, for anybody who might be new to hunting, whether you're a kid or an adult, whatever it might be, um, you have not truly hunted until you have missed or made a bad shot and potentially not recovered one. I'm, I'm pretty sure you could talk about just about every hunter that has more than two or three years of experience under their belt. And there's been an animal they haven't recovered. So it's, yep. And then you think about it and it gets that pain in your stomach. You, you literally want to throw up like you literally literally want to throw up and it is, it is sickening. And it's, it's, it's something that nobody, nobody wants to talk about it. 
nobody wants to talk about it, but I'm pretty sure most everybody could raise their hand in, in that it's happened to them. So it's Absolutely. And it, now on a lighter note, I have a mini story that okay. involves bow fishing. <laughs> I'll be quick on this one, I swear. No, you're fine. So, um, yeah, so, so uh, you know how the team is going to be coming over this summer for bow fishing. I thought, oh, what more appropriate than to tell this story? So two, three summers ago, pre-COVID, I was um, bow fishing in my dad's friend's farmland um, over in the river bottoms and the floodwaters get to insane levels. Like where the farms are basically lakes at that point. Um, anyway, once the water starts going down, you would not believe the amount of carpet you would see in there. Occasionally gar as well, but I mean, insane amounts. So it's wonderful target practice. Cause I mean, you know, they're kind of in this giant pond, you know? And so I thought, uh, I go, I go bow fish over there by myself. And I was still fairly new at bow fishing. I was, I think still in high school, maybe. So it was probably more than three years ago. But my point is, I was a little more stupid back then. I was barefoot, okay, in this farm field. Already mistake number one. And I, and I ended the day with having my dad, um, pull splinters out of my feet that's not my point uh, of the story but don't don't ever go barefoot in a field. <laughs> especially a muddy field lesson anyway, one yeah so yeah lesson number one do not do as i do but um my cat's trying to play with my <laughs> my phone stand not the it. first animal so anyway, the podcast <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen some of the like furry friends you guys get on there yeah um but anyway so um yeah so i was um uh, getting ready to um put put my arrow in and i saw one coming real 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 close to me i thought yeah i'll take a shot on that one so i quickly um put put um put it into its notch and i pulled back and when i released it was just a bad um i didn't i don't remember what i did wrong specifically but it was bad um and it just smacked the fish like didn't even pierce it just smacked it real hard on the butt basically of the fish and I was like, darn, I missed. I swear to you, this happened. It made a complete 360 or 180, came around out of the water into the mud and bit my foot. A car. No kidding. I have, to this day, I have never heard any similar stories. I mean, I was like, you know, running backwards and this thing was like, bah, 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 right at my foot. What? And I know it was a carp because I ended up shooting it because it was coming right at me. <laughs> and I, I actually, in that um, that article I have about um, bow fishing, it's in the picture. That's one of them. Um, and I can honestly say the bites don't hurt. It just will startle you because it's pretty oh, much yeah. just gum. That's self-defense but against I mean, a fish. What are we putting in our water? <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. I don't even know what I do. I I've never heard of that happening. Holy cow. It Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely. But... Not to scare anybody off from bow fishing. It was more funny than it was scary. Yeah, it's not common so. for fish to come out of the water and attack you. So, <laughs> and I mean, it was like it was like swimming in this thick mud, and then obviously it couldn't go any further when I found. But it was a very much a what just happened experience. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that is crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, the next question on our on our closing yeah. questions your top bucket list hunt or hunts that you have not gotten to do yet. I'm got the list ready for that. <laughs> Big piece so, of paper. All right. Very large. That's actually just three. I swear. <laughs> I am very blind. So the font's very large. Um, 
So I would say my top picks and fall obsession is very much influenced by this. Um, first of all, you guys got me very excited talking about the wild boar hunting in Texas from a helicopter, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, how cool would that be? So number one, I'd say is helicopter boar hunting, awesome. preferably with a machine gun. Not sure if that's legal. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, you can do it down here. Oh, it is. All right. <laughs> on my way. <laughs> Um, and then the next one would be elk hunting out west. Not really any place specifically. I would just really love to elk hunt. I would, however, from the stories I've heard from all my hunting friends, bring a friend or a really nice backroading truck because I've heard that lugging those things through, you know, the fields and mountains is the worst thing ever. Oh, yeah. So, the work starts after the yeah. hunt. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Especially when it's like, what, how many times the size of a like a deer that i'd be used to oh yeah so being prepared on that one um and then the last one is uh bear hunting in canada Mm. um that i have a co-worker um he'll be so happy that i mentioned him his name's scott um he tells me his stories about um, bear hunting in canada and i mean i'm just fascinated by these i the idea of being able to first of all go out of the country i guess so to speak not same continent but to be able to you know hunt something that's definitely not native to your area because i'm in southern indiana we don't really get bears that i'm aware of um and i think that would just be a really neat experience definitely would mount that thing and put it right by my front door (laughs) absolutely yeah that's awesome yeah i always enjoy getting to ask folks that question and everything because it it there's always similarities and then there's always, always something unique about, about their list too. It's, yeah. it's, it's really cool to kind of see what people pretty have out the there radar, sometimes so. I bet. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some of them are pretty crazy yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. And to, to wrap it up, uh, I, I know we've talked about, uh, you know, the, being a huntress and, and a female mm-hmm. in this industry, living this lifestyle, mm-hmm. better way to put it in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But if you had one big piece of it, and I'll say this too, this is probably repetitive <laughs> if I'm guessing of, you know, stuff that's already been talked about, already been mentioned, but one big piece of advice for other women just interested in getting into hunting in the first place. Do not give up on it. Um, you will very much fail a lot. Um, you will have a lot of hunting trips that will fall through. And you'll want to be like, this isn't for me. I'm just going to go back to my safe space and just hunt in that field I know or fish in that lake I know of. But, you know, if you really want to succeed, make these connections. You have to keep up with it. You have to, you know, be okay when, you know, someone you really wanted to message you back with advice. You know, like I've, I message tons of people that I think are amazing on Instagram. They might not message you back. Don't take that stuff personally. You know, and they might not even know you message them, you know, and you can't, you can't think of yourself as just a little person in this world, you know, you have to think, you know, the only way for me to make success is to, this is going to sound cheesy again, but at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And that is the best way to put it because within two years, I went from 700 followers to, I think I have three or 4,000 now. Because I just kept going. I was, I just content, content, content. And then I just had people start messaging me saying, I'm, in, I'm inspiring them to, you know, start hunting or 
you know, keep hunting. And, you know, it's very rewarding. And I'm not even close to the end of my journey with this, you know, but I feel like I can definitely say that because I didn't give up and believe me, I wanted to a couple times. I once started my own hunting podcast and I, you know, I don't really talk about it because it's such a First I've heard about utter failure. <laughs> yeah. So I started my own hunting podcast when I was um, right out of college. COVID then hit and, you know, it was just really hard to get the team together and everything just fell through and it was an utter failure by the end of it. Um, and we had really great people, um, guest star on the show and things. But when that fell through, I was at a all-time low at that point because I thought, I don't think this is for me. I don't think I can find success in this. And then Fall Obsession came around. And then Ali Butler. And, you know, all these pieces came together to where I thought, you know, I think I just need to regroup and try again. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just gearing down and do it, you know. Who cares what people think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Delaney, thank you for, for coming on this week and, and being our podcast guest. I'm, I'm sure it won't be the last time that we see you on on this podcast. Yeah, thank but... you so much for inviting me on here. Now, next time you have me on here, feel free to call up Allie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, we'll we'll see what we can do on, on that front, see if yeah. we can get her back on here. So, absolutely. Yeah. Well, for our listeners, um, if you guys are listening, thank you. Hope you guys enjoy this conversation. If you have not already, hit that follow and or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you are either listening or watching on. We are on all major podcast platforms as well as our website, fallobsession.com, and our YouTube channel. Be sure you go subscribe to that YouTube channel. We post multiple new videos a week, and we got some more cool stuff in the works. So be sure that you check that out. Follow Obsession on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also on the Go Wild app, which is a censorship-free app for hunters and outdoorsmen. Um, definitely encourage you, if you haven't already, to go check them out. It is free, and it is nothing but hunting and outdoors on that uh, social media platform. And Fall Obsession is on there, so be sure that you hit us up. Um, website, fallobsession.com. That's where you can find all of our content, uh, articles, educational content wild game recipes video series podcasts other forms of media we literally at this point have covered hundreds of different types of topics in whatever form they might be on that website also our gear reviewers excuse me gear reviews can't even talk now um are are great on there as well so go check them out as well as our apparel we got lots of uh i say lots we got several new uh spring designs in including our midwestern high t-shirt that is mm -hmm. kind of stemming from these folks delaney and uh, that midwestern cruise hunt out there that we've referenced several times in missouri that snow goose hunt so um, go pick you up some new fall obsession apparel um, support the organization and what we're doing and uh, if you guys are looking to save a little bit of money go back and listen to last week's podcast podcast 101 during that podcast they give you guys a discount code to use at checkout that'll knock a few dollars off so gotta go listen to episode 101 though if you want to get that one so um, do it. and delaney you want to tell folks where they can find you on social media yeah, totally. So um, my Instagram handle is just my first and last name with an underscore. Someone stole the other one. Um, <laughs> Got to have the underscore. Uh, but it's just Delaney Pfeiffer. Uh, I'm probably going to have to spell that. No offense to you. <laughs> <laughs> I have struggled spelling that in, in recent weeks. So It is a very German name. So it's D-E-L-A-N-E-Y-P-F-E-I-F-F-E-R. 
if you get confused, Michelle Pfeiffer, the actress. I'm not sure if we're related. I hope we are, but it's all the same. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find me. And um, I probably should mention this because I know that Todd's going to get mad if I don't. I have to say it. Stay obsessed. There you because go. That's very important to mention. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Stay obsessed, guys. Stay obsessed. Last but not least, Ridge Rock Hunt Company. Go check them out. They're our podcast partner, Derek and Lacey, out there in Mississippi. Um, they book hunts. And like we just talked about, if you are uh, looking to maybe pursue that dream hunt you've been thinking about or you just want to know what it, it really is going to cost, uh, going with a vetted and trusted outfitter. Call Derek, talk to him. He will get you set up and squared away with something that works for you in the right time frame and for the right price. And he guarantees that it's going to be with an outfitter and experience that you enjoy. So Ridge Rock Hunt Company, hit them up on social media or go to their website. Again, Derek and Lacey, uh, very good friends of ours. They will take care of you. They were actually on the podcast just a few weeks ago, episode 99. So if you want to learn more about them, go listen to that podcast too. So. Well, Delaney, once again, thank you. I enjoyed this conversation, and it was uh, awesome to get to talk to you about uh, being a female in this, living this lifestyle. So, yeah, it was great to be back too. So, I look forward to the future. Absolutely, so, thank we'll get, you. We'll get you and that Midwestern crew back on here for another good time one of these days. So, oh yeah, we bring the good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next week for another Fall Session podcast episode, and we will catch you then. 